Welcome back, everyone, to another episode of Land Scurve. Steamrolling them every day. Like I said before, if you don't see us on social media anymore, you always go to landscurve.com. Landscurve.com. Just like you see on the top, just add the .com on. That's our official site. We have almost 23 years. Once we hit February, it's 23 years worth of daily work put in. We're not here to yap, posture, try on a new persona to get a few hits on the cash app. We're here to do the work, and we're here on many levels, not just YouTube videos. Because I was out here for many years long before there was a YouTube in existence. I predate YouTube. I write, I draw, anything dealing with human nature and expression, that's what we do here. Anyway, it's a beautiful day in West Africa. Peaceful Pulley, I see you. Welcome on in. But I have to give credit where credit is due. We had a wonderful discussion last night in dialogue, drama-free, of course. From this point on, that's what it's all about. But I have to give credit where credit due. The credit is due. <laughs> credit due. <laughs> I have to say I'm going to give credit to Debo's expat, 894. The brother came on the show the other day, and it felt good to hear and feel the vibration of a brother who understands where I come from. Not that I am the center of anybody's universe, but we had so much overlap, and it felt good. It's like a cell phone recharging on the charger. See, when you get around entities that don't vibrate properly with you, you recoil. You don't feed from them. Not that you're supposed to feed off of anybody like a parasite, no. But it's an exchange. It's an exchange. Like we give the plants carbon dioxide and they give us oxygen. It's a mutually beneficial union. In this particular topic, I'm going to shoot from the hip because I've lived enough life to understand that when you have the experience, oftentimes you don't have to crack a book or research for something you know what you see. You see, when you have a lawyer who is a neophyte, he's fresh out of school, and he's trying his first few cases. Lots of times if he shows up at the court, parks his vehicle, goes into the courtroom long before his case is being tried. He may think over his notes, what he jotted down, but then there's something missing. Now, he's fresh out of law school, and you would think he'd be on top of his game. But it's not that he's not on top of his game. It's the fact that in those books that he has in the back seat of his car, they're still fresh. In his mind, unlike a lawyer who doesn't need to bring one damn book, he just has to show up because he's a wily veteran of the game. In boxing, we call it ring savvy. He's been doing this so long that he has internalized all of the laws so much through hands-on preparation in the field 
in that courtroom that he becomes the law. He becomes the total embodiment of everything in that book. So he doesn't have to go to his car and go in the back seat because if he did, there wouldn't be anything back there. He doesn't need the books. He's like those old craftsmen, those old masons who do concrete work and they don't really even have to use a tape measure. They will do it to make sure, but their eyes are so trained. They can see what's level. They can see what's plumb. It's part of their makeup. It's part of who they are. So as we put out rapid fire, consistent content and shows, because we live this, this is a topic that our brother suggested to me in the comment section. And it wasn't that long ago. Let me check. I'll tell you approximately, it was about eight hours ago. And you know that I'm five hours ahead of the East Coast being here in the Gold Coast of West Ghana. So as soon as I woke up, there were topics that were hitting my heart and hitting my mind. And when I saw this, I saw that this was something near and dear to me, something that I needed to speak about off the cuff. I'm not coming with statistics. I'm not coming with what people say is the numbers because anybody with a modicum of common sense can see what's going on in the world. And for those who are listening to a podcast format of this particular show, or overhearing it sitting on the public transportation during your commute. What is it that I'm speaking about? Well, the title of this particular episode, which is not going to go on for hours and hours, because we're going to stop it and we're going to come back to something else and do several shows today like we did yesterday, probably a little more. But the title of this segment is, Are Women Becoming Obsolete? Are women becoming obsolete? you got to think about that. And that's a brilliant title, brother, I have to say, because I know exactly what you mean when you ask that question. And just as you presented it, it was perfect as it is. So for those who know what obsolete means, but we just want to refresh the memory so we can be clear on where we're going with this, I'm going to the Oxford Languages Dictionary online through Google to find out what the definition is of the word obsolete. Let's look at it. The first example is no longer produced or used, out of date. The example in a sentence is the disposal of old and obsolete machinery. Isn't that something? There's another definition here that's more on the biology level, and it's something we don't need to say because it's a little complicated, but there's one below it that's not of a science level, and cause 
a product or idea to become obsolete by replacing it with something new. We're trying to stimulate the business by obsoleting last year's designs. So when we ask the question, are women becoming obsolete? I have to ask myself, how could that question be levied when we all come from women? So if women are obsolete, then eventually the whole human family will be stamped out. Because no matter what you call yourself, no matter what you so-called represent, whatever lifestyle you choose or say you born that way, no matter what, you came from between the thighs and from the vagina, that birth canal of a woman, no matter who you are, if you are truly human. But there's so many of us out here who do not want to be human. We have subhuman desires. And we don't want to be identified with other things anymore. But right now in this generation, if you are walking the earth, no matter how you paint yourself up, no matter what you call yourself, no matter what you identify with, no matter what you say, your category is you were born of a woman. So why would you want to understand about a woman being obsolete? Because that's frightening to me. That's half the population, number one. And that's how we replicate ourselves. But not to be redundant and speak on what I spoke on last night. I say it again. There is an entity out here, a group of entities, a classification of entities that we might not even know what it is. But this is a multifaceted attack on our population, on who we are, and to rid us of the glorious process of humanity, of the human family of the H-U-E-M-A-N family. I don't know about the knockoffs. Some people are happy with the knockoff bag, designer bag. Now, while we're not into the designer bags, I just use that as an example. But I will say that we are into the real thing. No matter where it is in the world, no matter how sophisticated you feel your society is, it comes down to that. Man and woman coming together. You can take that whichever way you want. Coming together. C-O-M-I-N-G or C-U-M-M-I-N-G. Whether you get it or not. The peak of the act. But when you come together, something happens divine that is very much elusive to the enemy that he does not like, that we can do that they can't do. So they want us to move away from the natural. They want us to mess up 
but it's always been natural. And this is an excellent question because it makes us think. You see, on the banner, aside from myself, put myself out of it, you have three human beings. On the right, you have a woman. Yes, that's a woman. Now, the photo is of a woman breastfeeding. And then you see her child. And I did that so smooth, I received a call and said, I'll call you back. And I muted myself. You didn't even notice, now did you? In the middle, you see the child that she was breastfeeding. But I pulled the photo in so you didn't see the actual breast because I would believe that a breast is something of an insult to the unnatural entities that run these social media platforms that protect those others and are against all things natural. So I showed this part of it. Look at the bond. Look at the look on the face of the woman, although you can only see the bottom of her nose and her lips. You can tell that it's a pleasant demeanor, that she's happy. Her child has been breastfed and sleeping on her. The bond, the divine bond that we're missing in this world so much of. We need the natural. We need this. And there's no entity that can replicate this. And they're angry. And they're on their mission through the media and so-called mainstream media to convince you there's something more, something better, something improved over the natural. So now if we move on over, one person over. Unfortunately, I didn't want this person next to me on the banner, but there was no room. RuPaul, who back from the early 90s and maybe even before in smaller venues, because they didn't just start doing this cross-dressing thing overnight. Way back then, it was comical. Pushed in the mainstream. A black man in drag, dressed as a woman, trying to make this hardback man a glamorous woman. Now, there are many men out here who, for their own twisted reasons, they like this. They prefer this. They want this. The RuPaul manifestation of a drag queen, a man in a dress, it turns on lots of men who want to engage in whatever type of relations that they engage in without the necessary equipment. So they make do and find other places to do their thing. That's not my circus. That's not my monkey. That's what they do. But do not try to sell that as something that can replicate what you see on the right-hand side. That child on the bosom of the mother still receiving information from being so close 
to the mother. You know, that's something that never ends. When my father passed away and I entered the upstairs kitchen of the home and my mother received the news and she told me calmly after I ate a meal, just like she did my father after his mother passed and she made sure that he had a meal and relaxed and showered and was on his way to relaxation and she embraced him and let him know that his mother transitioned. My mother did the same to me when my father transitioned. He was in the hospital. We tried to be there as much as we can and we didn't want to see him slip over when we were gone. Oftentimes we slept in the hospital. We weren't desiring that, but we knew that that was very much a strong possibility. And I don't know, I don't really remember where I was coming from, but I came in and I ate a meal. We had a nice, pleasant conversation. But I did notice that her energy was a little off. But as I stood up to go to the bathroom mid-meal, as I came back and finished it, we talked for a little while longer. And she still stood up and said, son, I'm so proud of the way that you're growing up. You took a few detours there and had me wondering that all the girlfriends you had, but it seems like you're doing good. And I want to just tell you how proud I am of you. And she reached out her arms to hug me. That was to get me in position for her to whisper into my ear that my father transitioned. How considerate. And where did I find my head? It was just like this child and the mother. The safest place on earth. The most loving place on earth. They pushed the European gods on us, but that mother right now in that point is God. That's all you know. She created you and brought you into this world. She fed you and protected you. And yes, your father should be there, but oftentimes they're not. But it's better when they are there. That's wonderful. But you spent nine months in the womb of that mother. And I cried and I cried on the bosom of my mother. The place that I knew early on as the safest place under her chin to the side of her shoulder. Right there. The warmest place on earth. And I walk with that to this day. And I understand what I see when I see in this picture. So how could anybody want women to become obsolete when they bring so much to the world? How else are we going to get here? But they prefer this artificial manifestation, cardboard cutout, imagery, and drag. I know many of you have seen this, and I can explain it the best way I can. But they now have these uh, capsules, I'll say. I would say, and I couldn't really tell, but 
these glass, possibly some type of uh, plexiglass, I don't know, but it's temperature controlled. And I'd say maybe they're about maybe two feet high, a foot and a half high. I'm not sure. I'm not sure. Yes, Indigo King, I will pull up some pictures. In our move, a lot of my photos got destroyed from the mold and storage so long. I do have some left, and I'll show everyone. Thanks for asking. I'll do that. And for those in the chat room, I'm so zoned out. I'll glance every now and then. I just want to get off my chest what's off my chest. So if you say something, I'm not ignoring you. I just like to be in my zone when I do these because I get thrown off easily. But I'm just so glad to be surrounded by such a wonderful set of people, my family here. And um, I love you all very much. But that place, if you can remember, and even if you didn't have the experience of having a mother there, maybe she transitioned, maybe she was going through things and wasn't there. I know with our sisters, that connection to the woman is universal. And if it's another person who has a mothering spirit, that will do just fine. Now, let me explain about these capsules, but I also have to speak on a story quickly of what I've experienced before through a close friend. This was back in the mid-90s when I used to drive a commuter van in the streets of Southside, Queens, which we have a whole lot of stories from those days that I haven't even began to, begin to touch. But I met her driving the van. And she worked at a daycare for those who live in that area on Sutton Boulevard, just above Linden Boulevard. And I would say it was on the northwest corner. I'm quite sure. Diagonally, and it wasn't on the corner, it was up a few doors down, but diagonally, there's a McDonald's there that I'm quite sure is still there on Linden Boulevard and Sutton Boulevard in Southside, Queens. Now, that route was the 6th route. I never really drove the 6th route. That's down in 50 Cent's, the rapper's neck of the woods. And he rolled with me several times. I didn't know who he was. He wasn't 50 Cent yet. <laughs> but it was a troubled route. And every now and then when they needed drivers down there, you'd see the people who were waiting for the sixth bus, they were piling up. It was like, listen, let me go snatch a load and bring them down. Keep my wheels moving. So I met Rhonda, a very nice young lady who may have had a few years on me, but we were still in the same age group. And I dropped her off at this daycare, and we had the most wonderful conversation. And she spoke of the years that she worked there, and she referred to all of the children who were in the daycare, which it was some type of, uh, uh, not just a daycare with toddlers, but it, it was like a school. And it had several grades, but it was small compared to a big school. And she said she'd been there so long that some of the kids that she helped to raise, now I do say, I said we were in the same age group, but I kind of think she had more, but she didn't look it. You know, black don't crack. She said they were grown and would come back to her and they loved her so much. 
And after a while, we kept seeing each other, although I didn't do that route anymore. I would do it sporadically. And so we exchanged numbers, innocently, because she saw that there was something to me that more than what meets the eye. And who knew that back in those days in 95 and 96 and 97 when I drove the van that in the year 2023, while I lost contact with Rhonda and I hope she's still with us, because if she is and I find her, I'm going to bring her on the show. And she's going to tell you how it was. So we continued to communicate. And then she started to invite me to functions that were there, at the daycare and eventually other things with friends and barbecue. I was considered part of her outer family and eventually her inner family. We became close friends. Nothing sexual, y'all. I love close friendships with people without it having to go there. And yes, back in the day, I was something else. But also, I never disrespected the sanctity of womanhood. And so, there was a surprise birthday party being set up for her. And by now, because I had been invited to cookouts and house parties and even things that didn't involve kids, but hey, a couple of friends are coming by. You're a great conversationalist, Lance. Come on over and enhance the situation with your stories. See, back then I still had stories. So her friends knew me. Her friends had my number. It was okay with Rhonda because it was just, it was, it was what it was. Platonic. Original black love. You can love a woman with all your heart and not even have the thought of jumping in the bed with her because she's your sister righteously. So her co-workers, who were her friends, called me up behind Rhonda's back. And I said it that way because it was a surprise birthday party. So that kind of behind her back was a good thing. She said, Lance, somehow I want you to get in contact with her and kind of say that you're in the area of where she lives, because I've been to her house several times, and just say, hey, are you going to work today? I'm in the area, and I'm going straight down to your area. Let me take you. I said, okay, let's see how it works out. So I called her up, and she said, Lance? I said, yes. I'm so glad to hear from you. Are you working right now? Which was pretty far from where she lives. I said, no, I'm in your neighborhood. And I know you work today. Do you need a lift down there? Because it looks like it's going to rain. She says, oh, my God, I'm, I'm late. I'm late, and I would appreciate that. I'll pay you. I said, no, I'm going down there anyway. Come on, I got you. She gave me the big hug, hug, biggest hug and kiss on the cheek. Big slab of lipstick on the side of my face. At least it was on my face because, you know, I, I used to not like when women with lipstick kiss me on the lips now and I forget and I'm walking around like I'm a partial drag queen. Like, Yo, that boy got lipstick on his lips. Come on now. You know when women kiss you on your lips that you get lipstick on and you got to wipe it off? But anyway, we're going. We're driving on down. I took my time to get there on time, but it had to be on time. It couldn't have been earlier because they had other kids that had to move from the area. 
So when we got there, I kind of delayed her. I said, listen, you're here already. Let me find a good place to park my van. I got to use the bathroom. Can I come in and use the bathroom? She said, sure, come on in and use the restroom. That was my excuse to go in instead of going off and to continue my day driving. So I said, listen, before we go in, there's something I want to do. It's going to make sense afterward. He said, what? I said, let me cover your eyes. There's somebody who is there that wants to see you who you haven't seen in a long time. And I want it to be a surprise. He didn't even think about it being her birthday. I said, okay. So they were inside. They opened the doors for us. There's a big cake right there. And all of the kids were around. And all of the staff was around. And it's like that whole small school shut down because of Rhonda. And so when I pulled my hands off of her eyes and she saw the cake and they said, happy birthday. And all of the kids ran up to her and hugged her. You should have seen the tears flowing down her eyes. This is much more. If you understood the whole story, and I'm going to tell you, because she made a little speech there, and she gave me permission to repeat it in life, not knowing I was going to become a podcaster. But this is perfect. She cried, and she cried, and she cried, and she cried. And I said to myself, hey, wait a second. I know a little bit of crying is okay, but it's like somebody stabbed her. She just kept crying and crying, and the kids were like, we love you, and it's okay, and everybody was, but her friends knew something. Now, I knew something, but I didn't think anybody else knew it. And it hit me why she cried so much, because we had this discussion, and she felt so bad that in life, physically, she was not able to have children. She felt bad about that. She felt less than a woman. And I told her, I said, listen, Rhonda, while you may not be able to produce children from your womb, look at the children that you've raised over the decades and look at how much a mother you've been to them who don't even have a mother. So your calling is greater and it would be satisfactory, I understand, to have your own children if you wanted, but your calling is higher, and you have to see that. There are few mothers that I know who have their children, who love children as much as you. I've watched you in the times that I've been around you and close to the school. Even when I went to the fried fish spot across the street from the daycare and I'm in there eating and I would see her in the yard with the children and how much they love her. Do we want people like my dear friend Rhonda, who I'm going to feverishly seek out by calling the daycare and I have to prepare myself just in case they tell me something bad, but if they tell me something good and can get me back in contact with her, I'm going to bring her to the show and show you why a woman should never be considered obsolete 
Because without them, we have nothing. And if anybody says I'm some kind of simp, I'm not a violent man, but I will defend myself. But if you stood in front of me and called me that, I'll lay you out. I'll make your dentist rich. How dare you? Do you know what your mother had to go through to bring you into this world? You're going to call the next man a simp for honoring the sanctity of a woman? We understand that many women out here don't even know how precious they are. And many degrade themselves. Yes, we understand that, but we have to look past that. Because there are forces out here in the world that are trying to rid the world of women and replace it with what? They're bending us and twisting our minds away from women. As I said last night in Toronto, there's a house of prostitution with no prostitutes in it except synthetic dolls that look just like women. And I did a show on that maybe a year, year and a half ago, maybe two years ago. I'm not sure. I'm always talking about something. And when men go into this place with the spirit of lust inside of them, and you're so far gone in your lust, charged up by the images that you absorb from pornography, and you go in and go through the motions of wasting your energy, shooting off your seed with the minerals and the vitamins that come with it. Not into a womb, but into something that's not alive. And not to go off on another tangent, listen to last night's show, but there are spiritual entities that are disembodied that will take that energy that you give with the doll being between you. Your DNA is taken. You never know what they're doing with it. They're talking about trying to have men become pregnant. Why? The women are doing a fine job. All things natural, they want to dip and dab and tinker with and mess up. We have been this way for countless, countless years. Before recorded history. Do we really know how we started? It ain't evolution. One species doesn't turn into another species over time. Slight changes can happen within the species, but we don't change. That evolution bull crap and that big bang bull crap is designed to take you away from the divine creation that we are and how we've been made. I spoke last night on how I have a higher appreciation for insects and the jobs they do in that world that they're in and how they communicate with plants and each other. And here we are on the carnal basic levels, operating so low, having a hand in our own self-destruction, where we don't see our sisters as we should, to protect them, to love them, to nurture them. Yes, to put them on a pedestal. Because I know I can hang around 10 fellas. I ain't no homo. I ain't doing nothing on them lines, but there's no way we're going to produce children. There's no way we're going to produce our future. Because we're here in the present. And we have the DNA passed down to us from the past. 
and we have a seed for the future. Where do we put that seed? In a plastic doll? Because we're there because of lust? Lust on something real. A piece of plastic? They have masturbatory tools like sleeves that you can slip over yourself and it goes up and down and up and down and up and down. And the sperm is wasted. And you do this because you want to skirt the commitment. You go to prostitutes because you don't want to commit to a woman. You don't want the bother of a woman. I'd rather go pay some money to a hooker, get what I want, and be gone without that hassle. And you don't see your role as a man in humanity with that woman. Because I know one of the greatest feelings in the world is to come home to your family and your kids run to the door. And what do they say? Daddy! And they jump all over you. And you're on the couch watching TV and they fall asleep on you. They might even drool on you. And you say, oh, look at little baby just drooling on me. And when they get older, you can tell them they get embarrassed. Don't tell that story. I'm with my boyfriend. But don't tell that story. I'm with my girlfriend. A beautiful thing. But there's an entity and there's energies out there that despise the gift of life that we have and the processes that we do and utilize to continue it. They're envious spirits and entities that want to enjoy the carnal pleasures of this world, but they don't have a damn righteous bone in their non-body. So they want to destroy it from us. They want to control what the creator made. They want to twist it around because they hate the creator so much. And we are symbolic children of that creator. So if you hate the daddy, you hate the children. You hate the mommy, you hate the children. We understand that it's both energy. So I'm not going to say just he or she. I'm not getting caught up in that. Because we're both necessary at this particular point in history. But how dare these things try to slowly but surely make women obsolete. And many of us are so foolishly running with this, not understanding that it's going to come back to bite us in the ass. I have to say it. I have to speak on this. Maybe I have to step on some toes. But let me tell you something. Many of you sisters who are running around with these dudes who want to be just as dressed up as you in a dress with the makeup and you think it's something so cute and you promote this or you, you support this foolishness and you wonder why you have a son that comes out not too masculine. He may not be gay. But there's something missing. You open the door for these energies into your home, into your psyche. Your children see that you approve of this foolishness. And so they do too, because mommy does. If there's something around you that ain't acting right, you don't need to be around it. Those energies you don't need to be around. How would I look coming out 
of a house that's known to house nothing but homosexual men, and I'm coming out of there at 3 o'clock in the morning pulling my zipper up. What does that look like? No, you ain't never going to see me in a situation like that because I don't hang around those energies. Do I hate anybody for what they do behind closed doors? No, because I should know what you do behind closed doors. I don't hate anybody. I don't see anybody abused or beat down. Unless you put your hand on somebody's balls and pushed it, then you earn that. But I'm not going to see anybody around me get beat down just for any reason at all. But I'm not condoning certain things. Why is it that everything natural is being attacked? And this overlaps last show, which really this is a continuation of last night's show, but I'm speaking about the sisters now. Womanhood is not just bending over and twerking on social media. Having a nice ass is not about womanhood on social media or anything else. That's standard equipment. That's standard equipment. And some women out here are feeling so insecure that they feel that they need to get a BBL. Well, on a carnal lust level, I don't care if you got the fattest, roundest backside or you flat as a board. When you arouse and something bends over in front of you and it's a woman, it all looks good if you're just in the mind of lust. Come on now, let's be real. Y'all see, walk down the street. Men, you walk down the street, you see women. Women, you walk down the street and see women too. Not that you're lesbian, but you see these women. And even some of you sisters have got to say, God, dog, who got her pregnant? It's all about just the lust. And unfortunately, we have been brainwashed, mind controlled to see only that in a woman. We only see pleasure in a woman. We don't see responsibility for the pleasure we get. We don't see that we have to commit to earn that pleasure. Because the pleasure is given away so easily. The pleasure is given away so cheaply. For a couple of dollars, if you want a little pleasure for a couple of moments, you can come on over to my place and see me, but make sure to bring that money. I'm not blaming sisters because I'm, I'm blaming everybody, damn it. We all have a role in this. So this blame game that's going on on YouTube and social media that is orchestrated by the enemy to have us against each other. And you don't see the other ones that Kanye West have a problem going against each other. They're making sure to keep their community intact. And they got some major issues going over there that they don't want you to know. Major. We strayed. And we continue to stray. And we become the poster girl and the poster boy for straying. Because every time there's something twisted that comes up, they put our face on it because they want us destroyed first. The aim is us. Let me tell you something. I'm not going to say this is actually going to happen. But we are so important to this atmosphere. We are so important to this planet. If for some reason... In the blinking of an eye, you removed all of us, wherever we are on the whole planet away, the weather's going to go haywire. The planet is going to spiral out of control. There'll be droughts, there'll be storms, there'll be avalanches, there'll be earthquakes and tornadoes. Our very presence is what anchors this planet because we are part of this, in this creation. Us who have melanin, us 
who anchor it. We work along with nature, but if we can be pulled away from nature, notice how things are going haywire anyway, even though we're still here because we're operating out of the way we should be operating with nature. And to be honest, we know why we use condoms, but is that really the right way to interfere with a divine process because we want the pleasure without the responsibility. I understand that. Well, we don't want to bring children into the world that we can't take care of. We at abstinence. Let the feeling of being horny burn you so much that it gets you up to motivate to secure a situation that you can have children. Use it as motivation. Use it as motivation to finish school. Use it as, as motivation to, to, to go to trade school or learn something from somebody or motivate your own business. This is how we should do. I always said, there's a big behind bumblebee out there trying to get through the screen. Ain't no holes in that screen. You ain't getting up in here. I love nature, but I don't want no bee flying around here. But I'm half naked. That's why we got the banner up in front of the screen. But look at it that way. We're basically saying we want to do this, but we don't want the responsibilities. We understand it could be a very responsible thing where we say we don't want to spread disease, but don't do anything until you find somebody who is not diseased, who is willing to commit to you. I never saw a deer out in the wild gallop up on me. Hey, bro, you stirred, right? Can you... um? Go into town and pick up some condoms for me. Because, see, when they spray the seed in the womb of the woman, there's an abundance of food around in nature. See, we know we got to take care of these children, and we're saying, man, how are we going to get this food? We got to pay this rent. Well, what rent does an animal in the wild, which is not wild, it's very orderly, but they don't pay rent. They're free. So they can have as many children as they need because there's all the food in the world. To take care of them. That very act has been pulled us away from who we are. I know families who are from the deep, deep south. Grandparents of friends of mine that I grew up with and parents of friends of mine that I grew up with. It's unheard of now that you have 10 and 12 and 15 children. Now, if you have a father or a family member who's male, who's just out there spraying up without taking the responsibility and you'll find out at his funeral, all the half-brothers and sisters, and I hate to say that word, but I'm saying it for effect, all the half-brothers and sisters you have, like, who is that? It looks like you, man. Who? who? And, and, and that one over there. And they nod because they know who you are. <laughs> so is the trauma and dysfunction of the black family. And yes, I focus on us still. Because we need to know certain things. We need to carry ourselves a certain way. We need to know that we're being targeted to be removed off of this planet. And if women are obsolete, what are we going to do? We have to preserve ourselves. This is our responsibility. Those who choose to run off to other places to find other people who don't look like your sisters, you just as damn bad. Why? We have so many good women in our midst, and yes, there are some that are damaged, but like Minister Louis Farrakhan said, every time you find a no good woman, it's because of what was done to her by a no good man. Take it up with him. 
I'm only repeating what he said. But I'm in agreement with what he said. And some of you don't want the responsibilities of what your brothers have done to these women. And I know, and I'm going to talk about it later on in the day. I'm going to have a relationship monologue that's way out. I guarantee you, you never heard some of these things before in this world about what I'm going to say. And I ain't no guru. I'm just one who accepts my downloads and kicks it back, whether you like it or not. But why? Why are our sisters put up on social media, and some of them willingly do it, to incite lust to any man? I don't care who you are. The female form is very attractive. But it's very attractive in a way to motivate you. Because if you want that, you better earn that. If you want that, you better be responsible for that. I'm going to tell you another little funny story. I was in junior high school, middle school. And I was very frisky back then, but I was a gentleman. So there was a young lady who lived two blocks over and about three or four blocks down who went to the same school. And she liked me very much. And she was a little more adult-minded than most of the kids in middle school. I had no problem with that. So she used to have me walk her home, and we'd go inside. Her mother was always upstairs, and we'd sit out there for 15, 20 minutes and kiss each other. And the kissing started to get into touching. Now, I was a neophyte, Lance Gerve, although I had experience, but still, this all was new to me, relatively. And so she had me come in the living room. Her mother was sleeping. Her mother was actually sick at that time with a really bad flu and on heavy medication. And so she would call down to her or her sister to bring things up. But she said, it's okay to come in. Now, this is after school. The father was away at work, and he wasn't due in until 6 or 6.30. And I was going to be out of there by 5. So we're sitting on the couch innocently. And so we kind of hugged up and fell asleep innocently on the couch. We didn't have sex. But my hands were all over her. And oh Lord, my fingers. The scent of a woman was all over them. So we fell asleep. And I had my hand. He was to the right of me, not to get graphic. My arm was cramped, but I was so happy to have my hand on her left, or no, her right derriere cheek. Ripping it like a basketball, fast asleep. Now why am I telling this story? Because I didn't hear. None of us heard. When the father came through the door, he got off of work early, sat down in front of us. And all of a sudden, I felt the presence. And my old friend there, I can't say girlfriend, it was, you know, kissy kissy, you know, middle school type stuff. And she jumped. And I froze because my hand was palming her Right butt cheek like a basketball. I couldn't move. He was a little tipsy because he was known to be an alcoholic, but he went to work every day. 
Even back in the day, we had alcoholic fathers, not me, but I'm saying they were alcoholic fathers that got up and went to work every day. Even if they were out all night drinking on an hour and a half of sleep, they freshened up through a mint in their mouth that didn't hide nothing, but they went on to work. That was him. You know what he told me? He was a little tipsy. He knew I was scared. He's a grown man much bigger than me. I didn't have muscles yet. I was still a boy. There's a little testosterone in my system. And you know what he said to me? Are you feeding that ass? He didn't require an answer because I was still in shock. Are you putting clothes on that ass? Are you keeping a roof over that ass? Are you keeping that ass warm in the wintertime? Are you paying bills for that ass? Then he stared at me, waiting for the answer. I said, no, sir. He said, then get your hand off of that ass. (laughs) He knew. And my hand pulled away. I apologized profusely. There was no excuse because he was disappointed in her, yes. But he was angry at me. And I knew what a man should do for a woman, but you're an adolescent. You're, you're, you're not even that. You're in middle school, seventh or eighth grade. Just got out of elementary school, but you're fiddling around. And this is back in the 70s, y'all, before we had all this titillation going on. We were innocent. We were fumbling around. But I learned the lesson on top of the lessons that I learned at home. And I learned the lesson, but I still did things in years to come because it was so abundantly offered to me because I never took what a woman didn't want to give. I kind of like women. You know what I mean? I kind of like them in a real big way. Everything about them just made me melt. I couldn't help it. But I knew the lesson, and I knew that you should not indulge in things unless you earn it. So how can I get mad in years to come when you meet somebody and they're very attractive? I never tried nobody, but I understood. When other guys would get angry, man, I spent all this money, man, and she ain't give me none. Come on, man, is that all you want? Is that all she's worth? These are the dudes who some of them will rather deal with a man who gives them the mouth job. I'm sorry to be so lewd this morning, but this is something we need to talk about because as much as there's an effort to make our women obsolete. We play a big hand in it. We treat them like playthings. We treat them in a way where we show them we only want one thing. So we're helping to make them obsolete because when the enemy comes up with a replacement, we jump on it. The synthetic doll, the sleeve that wraps over our penis and masturbates us with warm liquid around and it feels like an orifice. Because you don't want to bear responsibility and put a commitment down to support that woman. You want to put babies up in her. You want the pleasure of that. But you don't want commitment. A lot of brothers got mad when they heard the song, put a ring on it. It's not just about a ring as far as buying an expensive ring. It's a symbolic ring. Because I know more marriages that have lasted 
when the woman wore a ring from the five and dime store that was relatively cheap compared to that expensive ring that you'd get from the jeweler for the show and the fashion and the big wedding only to find that nine months later the marriage is over and you might have hung on for two more years because you shamed the divorce. What happened to commitment to our women? If we had more of that, these evil forces who want to have men become pregnant. And oh, let me tell you, the capsules, I almost forgot. Let me tell you about that before I wrap this one down. You have this company, this, this, whatever you'd want to call it, that will take the sperm and the egg somehow and manipulate it, the DNA, the traits, custom, to customize your child and grow them in these capsules like an incubator, heat controlled and all the little things that you need to replicate the conditions of the womb. But before it's put in there, I'm speaking it in a broad way. It may be a little off in how I tell it, but this is what I got from seeing this video. And I'm quite sure many of you have seen this video. The bottom line is, you can have designer children. If you want them to have green eyes and straighter hair, or a narrower nose, and lips not as full, a lighter complexion. You know how some of us are. We don't want to be black. We don't want to look African. But then there are others who feel the same way about their ethnicity. And this is going to be something that's very popular, that you can design the look of your child. So imagine what that's going to do to those of us who have the natural process happening. When you go to a job and they favor the one who has lighter skin over the one who has more African features, this is a way to banish us. And some of us are going to be just as guilty secretly having our children this way to not look like what we look like. Michael Jackson has children, so they say. He chose, I'm not going to, I'm going to say it, the ugly Debbie Rowe. No matter what plastic surgery you had, and no matter how white the woman and ugly and, and just grotesque looking like Frankenstein she is, black is so strong. Why don't I see that in the children? Why? See, we have so many things about us that we talk this talk, but have given the chance will be the authors of our own doom. So imagine in these capsules, by this company, whatever it may be, you spend all this money to manipulate the look of your child. So what now? If it didn't come out looking like that, you're not going to love it? Or if it came out negroid, as they would say, you'd feel less about that child and desire one who looks different? The paper bag test? The doll test where the little baby chooses a young girl, a young boy chooses the lighter doll over the darker doll. Is this any different that you can manipulate the looks of your children? They want to genetically wipe us off, but 
of the earth, but they can't do it. We are too strong. So we seal our own doom by going into this foolishness. We seal our own doom by leaving our sisters behind and going somewhere else, even staying in the same country and procreating with someone who is not part of us, mentally, spiritually, or physically. I don't, wanna, I don't care what you say. You can't put a Toyota engine in the Mercedes-Benz. You can put adapters to make it work temporarily, but it's not going to be this op- optimal. Is this hate talk? No, this is the way it is. Muhammad Ali broke it down easily. He said, birds are birds. But you don't see blue jays hanging out with red birds. They stick to their own. They respect the other, but they stick to their own. And we're the only ones. Yes, they have some other ones who don't want to be themselves. We all know the white boy who has them fake dreads. Wants to smoke weed and think he's Bob Marley. We all know that. Or that hip-hop white dude who wants to be us so bad, thinking that that is us. But when he gets older, he don't stick with that because, <laughs> like Paul Mooney said, you know, everybody wants to be us until it's time to really receive the treatment that we receive. Then they want to skip town. But we don't have that option. We need to preserve this image to the right with the baby and the mother. We need to reject this artificial stuff that's being pushed over us as black men. Our seed does not belong in the next man's anus. I'm sorry. There is no growth there. But we're twisted. We want everything else other than our sister. And if we have our sister, we're pressuring her to get a BBL. Why would you want two fake big loaves of meat? And it ain't even me, out of proportion. So that means you have a twisted lust. You don't want her for who she is. I don't care if she's skinny like olive oil or big and fat. Like the, like the girl there, what's her name? The, big, the one they're pushing now. The singer, the rapper, the woman there. If I had a woman and she had a hormone problem and she got that big or even bigger, I still love her. I'll still hold her hand and walk down the street. I'll still tongue her down in the middle of the street in front of everybody. Let you see how much I love this woman through thick and thin, for better or for worse, till death do us part. That's commitment. But we want commitment, but we want a harem of commitments. Hey, man, Lance, I heard, man, you out there in Ghana, right? Man, I heard you can have five wives. But can you be five times as responsible? Do you have five times the amount of wisdom to share? See, you're thinking about it being one big party. And from the old TV show, Good Times, as soon as you drive around the corner, that's what you're thinking about. Good times, good times. (laughs) It ain't about that, brother. You better be responsible enough to undergird and support each one separately. And it ain't just about the sex. It's much more than that, whether you condone that or not. And see, you saying that you want to come out here and do that. But too many of us are already doing it in America. It's that just each one doesn't know of the other. You're not building community. You're not building family. You're too irresponsible and immature to do so. But we need to tighten up because they're coming after our women. They know if the supply chain and factory of our procreation is shut down, we are doomed. 
They shut down one of my videos because I mentioned the low birth rates of someone else who doesn't look like us. They call that hate speech. But when one of their professors gets up there and speaks the same thing, as far as the facts are concerned, oh, he's giving a lecture. But for me, it's hate. Because I'll point it out in a way to let us know what the deal is and why they do what they do to us. And yes, there's still that spiritual element. There's still that foreign entity in this world that wants us wiped out. Why is it that wherever we are on the native level, we're on the best parts of the earth, but they want to tell us how bad it is? Oh, Africa's a big jungle. Nothing there. Just wild animals. But you should see, on the last time I took the plane to come over here 38 months ago, 38 months in seven days, over half were not black. Over half of what was coming here. And they were so happy to be coming. Half of the half weren't even visiting. I saw one do a little beanie on his head. You know what he was? Oh, I'm so glad to be coming back home. And yet we have black people in America. Whether you have a connection here or not, I ain't got nothing in no damn Africa. I ain't got nothing in no jungle. I was on a clubhouse show listening to the commentary of folks who are a little younger than me. And like I said, with each passing year, <laughs> More and more people, the majority of people are younger than me. I don't expect it to be somebody my age or older. It's a pleasant surprise when I do find that. But they were on there. And it, I, I'm not saying it's just sisters all the time, but there were sisters talking. And they were talking about how the people out here walk in the mud with no shoes. They were talking about how the women walk with the water on top of their head and don't wash their backside right. They were just making fun of and following the narrative of what the enemy wants us to follow through with. And yes, you do have poor people out here, just like you have poor people in America. You got poor people all over the world. I can say things and other people can say things about America and I've heard things about America. And we know what goes on in America. So how dare you throw off on a place that is oppressed by someone who doesn't look like you to keep it a certain way so they can get the minerals and the resources from here. They can come here and have their way with our young girls. They don't tell you about that. You see foreign men walking with little 11 and 12 year old girls holding their hand. And the young girl don't even know what she's in for. And sometimes and oftentimes those parents let them go with that old white man because she's going to come with a handful of money and not much. But nobody talks about that. Nobody seeks to cor correct that. Because everybody wants to be in line with the algorithm so they don't shut me down or they don't shadow ban me because I want this money. So you want me to tap dance for you this way, Master? I won't talk about that. Now, I'm shrewd now. I want to stay around to reach the people. But I have other platforms that I can get on. The podcast platforms that we can get on, that I'm on that I will be doing exclusive content there and dropping it in the community section here so you can go there and see it. And I ain't going to hold back. Not that I'm really holding back now, but I have to clip a few words and 
reduce it down to 80 or 75% of what it is. So everything that you hear here, you'll see on these other platforms. But there will be a few things that I ain't going to hold back on. So understand that we're on Amazon Music, we're on Spotify, we're on iHeartRadio, we're on Apple Podcasts, we're on TuneIn, we're on Google Play Music, and we're on CastBox. And about 20 or 25 other ones that I recently signed up for that are very minuscule but very effective. So you got to be shrewd in this internet game, y'all. Been out here for a while. Don't know everything because the goalposts are being rearranged with every day that passes. But we're not going to hold back. If they're doing stuff to us, how is it a crime that we speak on it so it's not done anymore? How is it okay to put a woman image, but you're really a man and blast it all over to the world? They don't do that with their own. Yes, they have some of their own, but the ones I'm talking about, they ain't doing it. But they're making money off of you prostituting your image and reducing yourself as a man. This is why I put this image here. There is a man aside from me on this photo. But it's not the kind of man that this woman would deal with and it's not the kind of man this child would want to see. But they're reducing our vibration by design. And we suck it up. Hook, line, and sinker. How dare you? And you talk about you pro-black, but you're afraid to talk about the things that are done to us. That's why half of you pro-black frauds who are on YouTube, I can't get down with. We didn't even have the term way back there, all the way pro-black. Yeah, it was around. Because it was mandatory with the men and the women. It was mandatory. We didn't have to announce it. Look at my face on that banner. I've been that so long that when the enemy sees me, he already knows what time it is. Look at his face. Look at his expression. He's not smiling and grinning. He's not tap dancing. I know what kind of nigga he is. That's why I get the opposition all my life, but the opposition has made me strong. Many that I've known have fallen by the wayside, nervous breakdowns, physical breakdowns. I'm not pretending. I am who I am. There's going to come a day where I'm not here, and I transition. But every step I take, I'm going to be authentic with it. You don't act right around me, you're gone. If we can't be a team, you're gone. If you can't walk the righteous walk and what we need to do, you can slip and fall. I'm going to help you get back up, even if you fall 10 times. But keep getting back up. But if you maintain that low vibrational energy around you, I want nothing to do with you. Because we all know what we're damn doing. And if you're going to aid in the destruction of our sisters, it's going to produce our future. Because you know they are using science, the enemy, to bend it and twist it around to mess us up. They are cooking up things right now. Tell me I'm lying. How do I know? Really, I don't know. But look at what has happened in history. You know. They're cooking up the next thing for us in the lab. And do these little experiments. Popeye's chicken burger. Negroes were going crazy over that thing. What experiment was that? Some people got killed over it. What was the ingredient that they had in that that was perfectly tuned in to our 
specific DNA. I ain't see white folks going crazy over that thing. Don't you know that they can make diseases that are going to affect us and us only? Biological warfare? Where other people will be in the midst of whatever they spray or put in the water or put in the food and it won't bother them because it wasn't specifically made for them. You come home and you see roaches, spiders, or ants, and you spray them all in the air. And, of course, you know, none of us really wear a mask. But have you seen anybody spray and all of a sudden they fall out like the roach too because it wasn't made for you. It was made for them. Now, maybe if you take it in large enough sums. But there are things going on in this world that we don't know about. It's not about being paranoid, but we are in a war. And we don't realize it. We're in a war. Their little wars with their missiles, that's one thing. But if we had a superpower in the mix, trust me, they would all team up and they would show some unity amongst each other. Isn't that something? But we are too dumb to know that. We are trying to outdo someone in our neighborhood to have a better car than them. We are trying to outdo others on the job to have more status than them, to get a few more dollars that the insurance on that job will raise up and take away your raise. But collectively, right now, we really don't have anything. There was a time when I could say we had each other, but still, all we have is us. But we are against us. And they're messing with our greatest resource, our most precious, precious commodity. You would value a machine that if you put in one dollar, it gave you back ten, now wouldn't you? And that's cheap paper. But something that can replicate you into the future, you have no regard for. You feel the pleasure, but you don't want the responsibility. But when your ass is old and broke down, you come looking for them because you want the help. Hey, my son. Hey, my daughter. You ain't nowhere around. You ain't my daddy. Get out of here. All you were was a sperm donor. And there are situations in this life where we do have women who may run off the men with certain things, but it's children. We got to go back to the old way. We're in war and we're targeted. Play this thing over in a couple years and tell me I'm wrong. I'm not out here to be self-righteous and think I'm right. I'm just telling you what you already know. See, I may have two or three pieces of the puzzle, but you may have three or four pieces of the puzzle. We all got to get together and powwow and communicate and put all the pieces of the puzzle on the table so we can see the full picture. But we withhold our pieces and run with the narrative of what we want to say the whole puzzle is. None of us know everything. But if I can come on a little bit every day and bear my soul and share some thoughts, not just to hear myself talk, but to let you know that we're in dire need of our unity and we're not doing it. And it's terrible. On closing, I just want to say how much I do love you, how much I'm here for you. I don't have to tithe money to keep a pastor in new alligator shoes or a new luxury car or a condo where he can keep his girlfriends or little boyfriends in. I tithe my time right here with you. 
And just like my brother who suggested the title, it struck a nerve in me righteously. I said, okay. And so whatever we need to talk about, share it with me in the comments section or go to Lance at LanceCurve.com. All my content or contact information, <laughs> the content is here. You're listening to it. It's always scrolling across the bottom. I'm the most accessible person on social media that you can pick up the phone and call. Although I will say right now, please leave a voicemail message. I'm getting a lot of calls and people hanging up or people coming with foolishness or they want to cuss me out or they want to breathe in the phone and all of that stuff. So leave a voicemail message, whether you call me directly, you call me on WhatsApp, especially if I don't have your name in my phone. My inner circle people, you know, call me. I pick up. If I can't, that means I'm on a show or lockdown. That's the way we do it. But anyway, much love to you all. It's been a bomb. We're going to have more shows later on today. I got a few things to do before the sun goes down because it is a lot later here than it is over there. Right now over here, it's what, 118? Hmm. I wish I can come over there to the East Coast and enjoy some more hours of sunlight, but another four and a half hours, it's going to be dark. So anyway, don't forget that we're in a war. But you don't have to be paranoid. We can be safe in the bosom of each other. I'm not talking some sexual stuff. But if we unify and look out for each other, and I know that I'm preaching to people who don't want to hear and some who are here in the choir, but just like that little baby, if we have each other's back, nature will make sure that we'll survive and not only just survive, but we'll thrive. Much love to you all. Lance Skirb out. I take Pat to the lungs, to the drum, to the heat. I'm trying to do more for the soul, way less for the bread. Yes, sir. I take Pat to the lungs, to the drum, to the heat. I see the things that they do way less than they see, than they see. Cause it's a war on the real, baby, look outside. A war on the real, baby, look out. Cause it's a war on the real, baby, look outside. A war on the real, baby, look out. Cause it's a war on the real, baby, look outside. A war on the real, baby, look out. Cause it's a war on the real, baby, look outside. A war on the real, baby, look out. Can't be a real nigga, I ain't Fuck the whole system, you just hit this man. Cop a treat a nigga like the utmost one. Most trying to rule the block, but don't know what goes on. Lose got a story with a new take on me. Carrying out the window with a screw face on me. But I know that God love me when my blood burns. 95 degrees and I can't get sunburned. Wonder when the government don't make me legal. Burn the whole city if I can't be eaten. Get off my dick, please, Brad, I earn that. 400 years, I used to feel like I take Pat to the lungs, to the stress, to the heat. I'm trying to do more for the soul, way less for the bread. Yes, sir. I take Pat to the lungs, to the stress, to the heat. I see the things that they do, way less than they see. Cause it's the war on the real, baby, look outside. The war on the real, baby.
gonna say my niggas middle finger to your honor. End of the day, coming down to check ain't on the comma. Goofy niggas still trying to park it, that designer. About to buy a car, but learn to grow my own food. I don't like the look they give me in the whole food. When you stay ready, you ain't gotta get ready. But it ain't on me now, I'm living cause my dick heavy. But ain't shit sweet, niggas, it ain't weak then. My whole attitude on MC Ren. My neighborhood now, pop, I bought that. I'm trying to do more for the soul, way less for the bread. I take back to the love, to the strip, to the heat. I see the things that they do, way less than they see. Cause it's a war on the real, baby, look outside. I got the war on the real, baby, look out. Cause it's the war on the real.